0: Welcome back to the Rearview Podcast, and welcome back to Series 2, Episode 9, where today we will, of course, be talking about the second Syrian Grand Prix, also known as the Austrian Grand Prix, and for the first time in a while, I'm pleased to say we're joined today by Miss Ruth. Hello, Ruth. How are you? Long time no see.
1: Very good. How many episodes has it been? Like, ten? Too bad. (laughs) That I've missed.
0: Well, there's only nine episodes in Series 2, and I think you were featured in the first few, Um... so...
1: Yeah, so like
0: six. Probably six. It's been a while, but she's back. She's managed to get... Well, I say she's managed to get a week off work. She's had to self-isolate because of COVID, so she's not been able to go into work. So you actually caught a Grand Prix this weekend, Ruth.
1: Honestly, the first one in a while, and it felt really weird watching it when you haven't watched them. (laughs) Just because when I started watching at the start of the season, there was still... It was still a close, like, close-ish championship between... Hamilton, and Verstappen. Mm. And it was in Hamilton's favour at the start. And then because I've missed a couple of races and only really been watching highlights, I came back and then Verstappen won. Easy. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is going on?
0: Well, of course, we're also joined today by the wonderful Mr. Reese Keeble, who once again, in Reese Keeble tradition, doesn't have a camera. How are you, Reese?
2: Yeah, I'm on strike because you give, you give Ruth a lovely little, you know, welcome back and stuff. I've never had one of them. It's just, and of course, races here, you know.
0: Well, you know, take a few episodes off and then I will.
2: Well, maybe, maybe I will. <laughs>
0: I'll just do it on my own <laughs> for a few weeks. Um, <laughs> right then, well, it is fair to say that if the steering Grand Prix last week was boring the Austrian Grand Prix was quite the opposite. And there was definitely a few contentious talking points that we we can go over. Um, so let's not hesitate and, and let's jump straight into it. Firstly, what did you guys make of that race? We'll go to you
1: first, Ruth. I thought it was a really good race, but maybe it's because I haven't watched in a while. Some people may have thought it was boring because Verstappen at the front, but I thought it was a really, really good race, especially with the fights with McLaren, you know ferrari were up there as well which was really nice it wasn't just a a, a two pony race is that what they call it a two pony
0: race and what did you make of it race
2: uh yeah pretty much exactly the same uh i thought it was quite a fun race compared to last week as well we could have had another really boring one glad mm. that didn't happen uh, and then also uh also my boy lando so yeah mm. i quite enjoyed mm. that race
0: well, let's let's start with that first point of contention, then, because, like you say, last week's race in the episode. I mean, Ruth, I don't know if you if you listen back to it, but me and Ruth really did struggle for stuff to talk about because realistically, much not much happened in that race. So Ruth
2: definitely listened back to it because she doesn't like listening to us in person. Well, exactly. So she yeah. wouldn't want to listen to us regardless. When
0: when she feels lonely, she listens back to the podcast to feel like we're there with her.
1: Yeah, actually, at work, I just every time you post it, I listen to it. I'm like, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Let's talk find about out that, what
1: happened.
0: Let's talk about that first point of contention then, and a position I think we all have our own opinions on. I feel like we're all a bit split on this one, and that is of course Lando in Perez's little little dance around turn four. For every Red Bull fan out there, um, I think it was a bit of a there were some flashbacks to Albon and Lewis last year. You know, Perez went around the outside. Lando Lando took the wide line around the corner, and Perez ended up in the gravel. Race let's start by hearing your side of things you know obviously Lando got a five second penalty for it but what did you think of it and I feel this is going to be a bit controversial
2: the commentator said racing incident and I was yelling at the telly racing incident and next thing you know Lando's got a penalty like to me that, that there wasn't enough space for him to try and make the move and mm. it it's racing Lando's gonna try and push him wide a bit and he did that like, I, Ah, oh, it really I, annoyed me.
0: I mean, it's interesting you say. The commentator said racing incident. They actually spoke to Christian Horner on the pit wall, who agreed. As obviously the opposite team boss, he was saying you think thought it was a racing incident as well. He wasn't in Perry's favour, but obviously ultimately, and we had this discussion last week, didn't we, about Michael Massey making Massey. some some very bizarre decisions um, this season, and and it sort of seemingly continues here now. I, I just don't know I don't know what I can say about it it's it's an interesting decision it's a controversial decision in my eyes Michael Massey must have had some more uh, information that we didn't have about Lando's steering angle or something to show that he pushed Perez wide but a five second penalty was given it's very controversial Ruth what is your opinion because I feel like you'll have a bit of an on the fence opinion here What what did you make of it?
1: Honestly, I'm not really on the fence. I genuinely believe it was a racing incident, number one. And I also believe that Perez was more to blame than Lando, simply because from the onboard footage with Perez and Lando, Lando doesn't move his steering wheel towards, however, Perez moves like opens his steering wheel and moves it even further towards Norris, which to me is just like, you wouldn't do that if you were... Like trying to race hard against someone, you would do it if you wanted to put someone into the gravel. And, like, after the way he, like, Paris spoke about it after, he really blamed Norris still and said that it wasn't fair, but then apologized to Leclerc for doing it twice. So, it just doesn't really make sense to me that he thought that it was his fault when he did it, but like to leclerc but then it wasn't his fault when he did it to norris
0: well norris did it used the reverse
1: it just doesn't really make sense to me like that he's saying oh this isn't fair this isn't fair and then does it to a different driver twice chat, isn't it? clearly he himself thought it would be a racing incident mm. why else would he have done it twice to another driver
0: I think, uh, yeah, Perez never... I don't think he ever wanted the penalty. I think he was frustrated. He wasn't left the space he should have been left, which ultimately was the was the, the findings of the FIA, was that, you know, Lando should have left the car's width. It's the same reason Lewis was penalised last year at the Austrian Grand Prix when he had that tangle with Albon because he didn't leave him the width. And that turn four is such a tough t- tough corner to call because... The drivers will say, time and time again, you cannot get around that corner without taking a very wide line. So if you're on the outside, you're going to get pushed out. But then they also take that line very smoothly on other, you know, example, and we'll get to this more a bit later. But Vettel and Raikkonen at the end of the race, Vettel took a very inside line around that corner. And ultimately that resulted in that crash, but we'll get to that. So you can take a tighter line in that corner. It might not be the fastest route. But if you're racing with another car, it doesn't matter if you can't go the fastest route, you've got to leave the space. And that's why the penalty was given.
2: I feel like you're the only one because you're a Red Bull fan, Tom. I feel like you're the only one to kind of see it this way, considering that your own team boss said, yeah, that was a racing incident.
1: (laughs) No, I can see that because the way they did it in this race, I have to give them credit that they penalised the same thing every single time. You know, Mm. it wasn't just... Um, Norris got a five-second penalty, but then Paris didn't, or the other way around. Like, at least they were fair with how they gave the penalties. Mm-hmm. So I guess you kind of have to take it with a pinch of salt. Would they have given that penalty on a different race? No idea. Can't say for definite. It- <laughs> on other races, the same thing has happened, and they haven't penalised it. So it's just hard To say because sometimes it's a racing incident and other times it's not so it just leaves people confused especially when it makes you feel as a fan that a driver's being hard done to even if they're not necessarily being hard done by it just you know it negatively impacts the race that you're watching at that time
0: i think and you weren't here last week ruth but me and reese had a bit of a chat about how we think michael massey is doing in that Role and it was to be fair, probably one of the larger talking points of the episode. As I said, it wasn't a very eventful Grand Prix. And it was, we were talking about how in Baku, when Max had that crash, he took an extremely long time to bring out the safety car uh, and ultimately the red flag. It kept racing conditions with Max's car strewn across the track. And then at the end of the last Grand Prix, Max did a little celebrate, celebratory burnout and got into hot water for it. I feel like Michael Massey, and obviously that is. Previous talking points, we're talking about the, this Grand Prix now, but from in my opinion, still, Michael Massey is still trying to get himself asserted as you know, you know, following the rule book, and I think it's it's a it's controversial in that fact because he can be good, and I think he has made good decisions in the past the amount of penalties he handed out this race and it was a considerable amount of five second penalties, there's memes of Oprah saying you get a penalty, you get a penalty, you get a there's a lot of penalties that came out from this race is that him just being too by the, by the book now because he was criticised for not being enough in the last few races, I don't know, what do you think Reece?
2: Uh Yeah, no I I think I can agree with that, I think because he got a bit of flack from the last uh, couple of races um, I can see him just being like, right, well, I'm going to crack down on things now. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but I don't know. For F1 fans, you got like you you can't have your cake and eat it. You know what I mean? If you've been you've been a bit annoyed that um, obviously it didn't like the last couple of races, you haven't been as harsh on drivers, but then this race is really cracked down, and then I don't know. I I, I think it's weird to see something like that happen mid-season with the same guy in charge. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. What what did you make of it, Ruth?
1: I agree. The thing with F1 is that the rules are never clear-cut because there's never really been someone who just enforces it one particular way, takes the rules and just follows them. Mm. And the reason people are upset, and I appreciate this too, is like i said before it's just the rule applies here but then it doesn't apply here but then oh this person did this so this is a penalty but this person did the same thing but in a different way so it's not a penalty you know it it just doesn't really there's just no correlation between races and it's frustrating because you never really know where you stand
0: Let's transition like If you then. watch
1: something, you never know if it's going to be a penalty or a racing instant. Yeah. Like the thing with Norris easily would have been a racing instant, but maybe he has been harsher with enforcing the rules. So this week it was a penalty. You uh, know. That
0: could be wait. But th- let's transition then on to um, the, the more controversial. Well, the driver that had the most problems this weekend. And it's fair to say it was a weekend to forget for for old Sergio Perez. You know, normally he's a very level-headed driver, but you sort of feel like maybe after that incident with, with Lando, he sort of saw red a little bit this week. Yeah, bull, red bull. He saw red. Anyway, um, but, you know, because of that scrap with Lando, he sort of thought he could get away with more. Charles tried the same move around him on turn four and then a couple of laps later around turn six and both times he ultimately got Pushed wide by Perez into the gravel. And that sort of ruined Charles's race. Charles was very frustrated on the radio. You could hear it. Um Perez got himself a 10 second penalty. It, it was it was a terrible race for him. And and <laughs> Ruth, I feel like you are Perez's bad luck, Charm, because it feels like when you're not working, he's doing great. But when you are sorry, when you're working, he's doing great, but when you're not working, you're watching a race, he can he can never perform well. Um what did we make of Charles? Uh, of Charles this week? Uh, not Charles Perez this week, especially with his incidences with Charles. Ruth? What, what did you make of it all?
1: Honestly, I feel like you are probably right in that every time I watch him, he's not had a great weekend. But it's just, I just don't rate him as a driver. That's all it is, and a lot of people do, and I understand why. But he he's not a new driver he's not Sonoda, who's only been in like been racing for so long the fact that he makes so many mistakes and just does stupid things or just has a really bad race one week and then a really great one next week and then another bad one there's just no consistency with him But
0: see, I feel
2: like I was going to say, I I feel like he's been a bit consistent until this last race. He's been consistently up uh, fourth, third, sort of thing. In in, in at least the last few. My
1: issue is though, like with saying like, oh yeah, he has been consistent, but fourth and third. Like the whole point of him getting the Red Bull seat was because oh he was this amazing driver who was going to give them a one-two finish most races.
2: Nobody can. Nobody can
1: perform like. In that car, nobody can perform that consistently, though. And if it was a different driver, I feel like a lot of people would would slate him.
0: I think, to be fair to Perez, Ruth, the races that you're catching of him are his bad races. The races you're seeing of him is where he is struggling to perform at the same level as Bottas, the same level as Mercedes. But there have been some races this season where he has been consistently at that level. He's a race winner. He won a race in that Red Bull, which no other driver has done since Daniel Ricciardo. Do you know, he he has got the performances there. He's just got to, you know, he he does have some off weekends. I agree, but you know, I feel like you've you've missed some of the points of this season where he's been. Very I feel solid. like
1: though, because I haven't seen a couple of more objective than both you and Reese, in yeah. the sense that I take the race as I see it, rather than. I like him as a driver, I rate him as a person. That doesn't mean that he's a bad driver just because I don't think he suits the Red Bull seat. You know what what I mean?
2: What do you think about Daniel Ricciardo then? Because he didn't have a good weekend.
1: No, he didn't. He hasn't had a couple of good weekends. Again, maybe it isn't the best fit for both of those drivers or they just need more time. But But then
2: Vettel also didn't have a good weekend. Yuki Tsunoda didn't have a good weekend. So it's all the new drivers in the new cars that were struggling this weekend.
1: Not necessarily, though, because Sonoda has been where he has for majority of races.
2: Sonoda actually had a good weekend this weekend. Sonoda got, got, yeah. got two penalties good... for two silly, silly mistakes. Well, but he's a brand lines, new but... driver. Yeah.
1: He's not a driver that has experience like Perez, like Vettel.
2: He has had experience on that track, though, and he should know not to go over the pit line.
1: Hmm not not as much as Perez or Vettel and I they still make the same mistakes that Sonoda would make I, uh, my, minute, my I point think. is just my point is just that if it was someone else like if it was Albon, if it was Gasly if, if it was a different driver just because it's Perez a lot of people aren't keeping the same consistency with the driver and they're not slating him for the same things that they slated every other driver for but can and I he... just feel like it's unfair to say that oh, he's this amazing, like, amazing driver and he's doing all these great things. Yes, he is a, a good driver, but it, he isn't performing like the, the best driver out of all of them. Do you know what I mean? He like is, He's performing
0: better than, than Gazdi and Albon did, though. Statistically, he's on a lot more points. He's got podium finishes and he's got he's a now, win. He's, he's he's the, I feel like you're not listening
1: to what I'm saying, so it's fine. We'll I'm getting what
0: you're done. saying, but statistically no, you can't rebound. take away from the fact it that he's done matter. well.
2: We're having like a little debate about it.
1: It doesn't matter.
0: Right, well, what was a tough weekend for one Red Bull driver was an incredibly dominant weekend for another as Verstappen once again had another flawless weekend and in fact achieved his first ever Grand Prix Grand Slam of pole position, fastest lap, race win and led every single lap. He's now 32 points clear at the top of the championship and he's got a huge advantage over Lewis. What can Lewis do to call this back? What do you think?
2: Um, sign a contract with Christian Horner. Um, I, I, uh, that Red Bull's looking good. That Red Bull's looking tasty. That Red Bull's looking like it's going to do well round Silverstone as well. I think obviously these two races were very much suited to the Red Bull. Like obviously no secret. Um, but I don't know. The, the Mercedes definitely have something there. But while it's Lewis and Valtteri keep falling out... I don't think they'll ever have the harmony there that is there with the Red Bull at the moment. Where, like, Red Bull are happy that they're doing well, if you know what I mean. Like, because you would be, but, like, they they seem like a bit like, oh, this is nice, Mm. you know. But Mercedes are going to get mad that they're not in first all the time and stuff like that. And then Mm. that's going to lead to some more mistakes. And it's also going to lead to, um, you know, Bottas getting mad about team orders like he did uh, not this last weekend, weekend before that.
0: Well, there was a thing this weekend. Obviously, Lewis had some damage this weekend, and that resulted in him only being able to get fourth. He fell off the podium. Lando uh-huh. got past him. Um, it wasn't a great weekend for Lewis. It wasn't a great weekend for Mercedes. You know, the Red Bull have won the last five races now from Monaco. They won Monaco, Baku. They've won all three races of the triple header: France, Austria, and Styria. They're on a they're on a great bit of form at the moment. Can that form last the entire season? I don't know. You could say it, it might, but I don't know it can. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Ruth? What 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 more can Mercedes do to catch up to Red Bull here?
1: Probably nothing is the answer to that. This season they probably can't do it, anything to catch up to them.
0: You think you think the championships, championship's over?
1: Honestly, yes. We already have the winner of the championship.
0: 32 races in, you think we've got the winner? Not a 32 point gap, and you think we've got the winner?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, of course, how could you say that? It can still swing, it can still keep going.
1: It could, but it's not going to because the gap between the cars is too big in Red Bull's favour.
0: See, but so uh, Toto Wolff has come out saying that he thinks with the upgrades they're bringing to Silverstone, they're going to lock out a one-two and finish thirty seconds ahead of the Red Bulls. That's why he said going into this weekend. Do you think that's just just you know big talking Honestly, it up? Honestly,
1: Toto and Horner are renowned for absolutely just talking rubbish before every single race. Every single race, they put something and none of it happens because they just want to try and put pressure on a different team that's all it is
0: what, what do you think about that race do you think that, that there's any chance for say, catch se is is that game over now
1: i think
2: well yeah no but I, in my opinion the championship's still up in air. all it takes is for max to have one bad race and finish out the points or something happen like a wheel gun misfire or something and like I, I still think it's definitely like still there for the taking um I also think that the um, total wolf is probably talking out of his backside a little bit, but I don't think that he'd have the confidence to say something like that and then not deliver on it because it would look very bad for Mercedes.
0: Why do you think he has he has said this then? Why do you think he's labelled in Mr. Ruth? Why do you think he said that they're going to be that far ahead if they're not? What what do you think he's going to gain from doing that?
1: Because it's the first sprint race. It's also at Silverstone. It just makes the other team on edge and pushes them to make a mistake. That's the only reason he's said it. It's to try and push for a mistake and then possibly, yeah, maybe he could gain from that. But would it be a one-two? Who knows?
0: So you think that these are just mind games, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the only reason he would say something like that.
0: Okay, interesting. Interesting right uh, let's let's before we get onto Silverstone then we talk a bit more about that let's talk about the final incident in that race and it was on the last lap of that race right at the end and it was certainly a bizarre accident and I'm, I'm glad we have Ruth here for this because it involved her favourite driver Kimi Raikkonen um, it seemed he was so focused on a fight with Russell he was aiming for 11th place that he was completely unaware that, that Vettel had come alongside him trying to get up the inside of him around turn 4 and he sort of just, just went into the side of him and just took his back wheel and they both crashed out on the final lap. And it, it, was, it, was, it was weird. And it caused a load of drivers to be called to the students for yellow flag infringements afterwards. What did you guys make of this accident? Because it was, it was bizarre, wasn't it? It was such a weird thing. And it could be, I think it's just another example that Kimi is a bit past it. What, what do you make of that, Ruth?
1: It's, why is he even on the track still? Why is he there? For what? Literally, I feel like I'm quoting him every time because he's renowned for being angry on the radio and just, like, shouting all the time. But he just... He never... I can't even begin to fathom why he's there. What, What can he possibly bring to the team that warrants him still having that seat? especially when there were so many really good drivers who just missed out on the f1 seats too who could have so easily gone in that car Mm. but they kept him just for him to do things like this Mm. it would just be really nasty on the radio
0: reese what did you think about this accident because it was weird is it Kimmy just a lapse of concentration or you know what, what what how did this occur in your opinion
2: yeah, just laps of concentration. Um, we could have the argument all day and all night. I, I think the reason why Kimmy's in that seat is purely because of the money he brings to the team. Uh, you got a former world champion, and you can always say that. Former world champion driving for you. Um, I think that it was a, such a silly accident on the last lap of the race. It didn't need to happen, and yet it did. Uh, and that's that's all I've really got to say about it. It was just a lapse of concentration that shouldn't really happen in an F1 driver that's got that many years' experience.
0: Well, okay, well, talking about that second Alfa Romeo seat, there's been a lot of uh, talk in the paddock this week coming out, and it's been a while since we've done some F1 news on the podcast, so I'll I'll put this in here, about that second Alfa Romeo seat, or that first Kimi's Alfa Romeo seat. Supposedly... Valtteri Bottas has been in talks with Alfa Romeo for that seat now I don't know what you guys think whether that's a good decision or a bad decision from Alfa Romeo but from the sounds of it Kimi out Bottas in Finn for Finn and Russell to Mercedes what do do you guys think about that
1: I think that would be a great thing to do in all honesty Russell gets the seat that he has clearly worked so hard for like, even just watching him in the past couple of races. Like, this race was a really good one for Russell too. I I are, think, anyway. Um, and are Bottas, you not
2: contracting your last point, though, by if Bottas goes there, he's then just another driver that's kind of had his time and didn't manage to succeed like Kimi?
1: No. But Bottas will never have that opportunity in a Mercedes seat. He never will. Take this race, for example, when he was going to have to swap with Lewis. Do you know what I mean? He'll never have that opportunity in that seat because it's always team orders for him. Whereas if he goes to a different team, he possibly has the opportunity to make the best of that seat and to perform as well as he can.
0: Hmm. Well, I think Bottas is is a, is a tough driver. He's an excellent second driver. He's a ruin's Barrichello you know, he's a, he does perfectly in that seat next to a, a, a world champion, next to a Lewis Hamilton, next to a Michael Schumacher, whatever, you know. And he won't ever get the opportunity to fight for the world title in that car. Unfortunately, that is just how it is. This season has been lackluster for him. He's tried to pile on the pressure and failed. You know, he got second place in this race purely because Lewis had that issue with his car when he first came to overtake him, like Ruth says, when he first came to get up to Lewis, they said, don't overtake him, hold position. Then a few laps later, after I'm assuming a lot of complaining on the radio from him, they said, now you can pass him. He's not happy in that team, I feel, and you feel like he does want to jump ship too, and and I think, realistically looking at the paddock and looking at the available cars, I actually think, and I hadn't thought of Alfa Romeo as a switch for him, but taking his you know, compatriot seat at um, after Mayo could could be a good move for him. Ruth, what do you think more about about Kimmy's move? Precisely, what do you think about that?
2: Uh, what do you mean? Sorry.
0: Sorry, about Bottas's move for Kimmy's seat. What do you think about uh, that?
2: I, yeah, I, I, I think the point I was trying to make was Ruth was on about that there was so much up and coming talent in F1 that could have had the seat over Kimmy. Well, I, like to keep to that point, I think that I'd prefer to see Bottas. Kind of drop out the sport completely, and one of these hungry up-and-comers take that seat. In my opinion, I think that'll that'll, really? that'll help the that'll help the team push further forward.
0: So you think maybe better off going for a rookie than a very yeah. you know a fairly successful race winner? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Really, I agree
1: that, that a rookie would be better in the sense that it's new talent, new opportunities for a team. But realistically, the way F1 works, just they. It's very rare to have so many rookies like we do now.
0: Mm. I just, I don't think... I think the, the, the sensible decision would be Bottas. Because I think, you know, they've already got a lot of people in that team who work well with Kimi. And Bottas is a lot like Kimi, just younger, considerably younger. And I think he allows... I think going to that team would allow them to have experience in a race with her, like they do with Kimi. My, my, but... only,
2: pro- my only problem with it, like with Bottas going there, is that I think he he deserves better.
0: Where like, else could you see him going, though?
2: I mean, if it wasn't for Alonso coming back, Alpine, but Alonso's literally secured up that seat and doing Nafal in it. Didn't... Um, I would take him at um, McLaren the I only other place I could
0: see I could see Bottas going in all honesty <laughs> is Williams is Williams because yeah. I see that's where he started that's where his career began you know he could take a step back especially if Russell leaves to go to Mercedes but that would almost be especially well how Mercedes are at the moment that would be career suicide it could be that they are, have a great car in the new um, set of, of regulations and it could be a great decision that he goes there but honestly right now i cannot see that being a good move for him and i think alfa romeo you know it's a big brand firstly you know you'll get a free car out of it so there you go that's that's a bit <laughs> but aside from that as well i think it would just be the more sensible option for him yeah. there we go i've, We're I mean, a I little bit I've got,
2: I've got now, uh, now to counteract that with i don't know i just i like seeing new talent you know what i mean yeah. That 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 that's all I've g i have I mean, he's probably gonna go into that seat. if he does get the seat, he'll go into it and work wonders and he'll he will he he'll, he'll be amazing for them and he'll probably consistently get top tens, which is what they're that's lacking. It.
0: I agree with Ruth's point that he won't win anything in that Mercedes now because it's but Lewis's no, I, car and completely- Lewis's got another two year contract on it his best yeah. bet is to go to Alfa Romeo and try and get the best out of the car that he can because they'll let him they'll let him go for points they'll let, you know he might even go podium he probably won't but you know he can push that car much more than he's allowed to push the Mercedes and I think that would be yeah, a good
2: I, yeah, I, I, I do completely agree with that I know that he's like Mercedes second driver and stuff now but I was just the point that I was meaning was that if he would have had a really good start to like one of the previous seasons like a few years ago that would have then made him first driver, if you know what I mean. Like, that would have got all the decisions going into his favour, not Lewis's.
0: Right. I agree. Yes. Right. Finally, then, before we wrap up the episode, we have some predictions to make. But this time, they're going to be quite unique because the, for the first time ever, the Rearview podcast will be going to Silverstone. We'll be going to a live Grand Prix and we are planning to do a post sprint race live episode on the Saturday so make sure you tune in on the Saturday to hear our reactions to the sprint race we are yeah
2: I didn't do, I, did, I was not informed I've well plans you've got plans, you got plans on Saturday oh no what are you worry. doing on the Saturday <laughs>
0: night Ah, oh, right well yeah on Saturday oh, night
2: oh, the, oh, the producer Ruth did you know
1: no, no.
0: Well, well she did is... I told her earlier so she did
2: well, well, well done Tom <laughs> anyway we've got yes. plans
0: tough we're doing an episode the podcast comes first so on Saturday night there's going to be a live episode of the uh, rearview podcast where we're going to be talking about the sprint race and everything that went on that obviously it's going to be the first one so that's going to be very exciting and then the week after that of course we'll be bringing you a full episode like this one about the weekend um so um, make sure you also I should say follow us on Twitter um, all of us individually and also at the rearview pod because I'm sure there'll be a lot of pictures and, and things shared throughout the weekend of our experiences are you guys going to be active on Twitter?
1: Yeah I'm only active when there's a race there I'm go. never active any other time but when there's a race I'd spam it
0: Reese? Yeah, you, you're gonna be on Twitter.
2: I mean, I'm contractually obliged to he's be there cont- on Saturday tra- night. now, aren't I? so now I'm yeah. contractually obliged to be on Twitter. Apparently, <laughs> this is all going well. I, I, when did this turn into a dictatorship? This podcast. Eh? When Saturday I... nights, Saturday nights party night, Tom. What are you thinking? Sunday morning, we could have done a podcast. Saturday nights party night. <laughs>
0: Um, i'm kidding see of Saturday course night. then let's talk about what we will hope to see this weekend and normally we do this qualifying predictions race predictions but obviously this weekend we've got this sprint race we've also got a qualifying and we've also got the full race so uh, you know let's try and break this down a little bit differently let's start with our qualifying predictions for the sprint race who do we think is going to be on pole, second and third is it going to be a bit different to what we normally see? That's what I want to hear. Reese, we'll go to
2: you first. No, don't go to me first. I don't, I don't. No, it's we... round to you.
1: Just before we do it, can.
2: <laughs> Keep that in. Keep that in. Go on, Ruth. Carry on.
1: Um, just before we do it, I feel like you should explain how it's different. Yeah,
2: from... I, I was, I was going to say that. Just... I was going to be like, can you, can you talk us through what's where and what like how? Like, how just
1: what? how it works with the qualifying and everything. I feel like you should explain that a little bit and then we'll go into our predictions i'm so confused this is,
2: about what just happened I'm this sorry. is a little bit behind the scenes of the producer producing
0: there you go um yeah so for sprint race and qualifying so there's a qualifying on the friday if i'm right yes. uh, yeah. and that they after will FP qualify 1. after fp1 they go straight into qualifying so they will qualify for the sprint race just as they normally do then the sprint race on the Saturday is a third of the length of the full race, and that basically will determine how the grid lines up for the full race on the Sunday. So they'll do the sprint race. The person that comes first will start first, and yada yada yada.
2: So my question <clears throat> is about tire allocations. Mm-hmm. How do, how does that work? Because obviously Q two, whatever you're setting Q two to go through to Q two Q three, that's mm-hmm. your starting tire, and yeah. are all the cars just going to start on fresh tires for the race.
0: That's a great question, Reese, That I do not have an answer for.
1: Well, you should. I'm
0: Brilliant. sorry. I'm doing my own work.
1: I mean, come on, Tom.
0: Yeah, you know. Sorry, guys. I meant to be the 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 knowledge.
1: Yeah. So
0: sorry, guys. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Follow us on Twitter. I'll let you know if I find out. Um, but yeah, then the sprint race will will be uh, it's basically 100 kilometers to the full race is 300 kilometers, and that will line up for the grid. And the idea is, if you if you're a bit confused of why it's changing and you don't know why, what's wrong with the normal qualifying system the idea is to try and give the teams that maybe don't have best one lap pace a bit more of an advantage that have better race pace so um, teams like Williams for example won't actually benefit from this so Williams have a much better one lap pace you can see it in Russell you know getting into Q3 every time this season they're very good over one lap but actually in the race their race pace isn't that good so the teams that are on the flip side of that which I can't give you an example of right now um will benefit more from this because they'll be allowed to get further up the field just by racing so that's the idea essentially and i'm excited to watch it i think it'll be fun to see a short quick race with potentially no pit stops as well
2: yeah i was going to ask about pit stops as well because obviously it's only a third of the third of the thing so i Mm. assume they're going to take after the f2 and not really do them apart from if there's like an issue
0: yeah so i think again I'm not I don't think there'll be an enforced pit stop it'll be like how the sprint races work in, F, uh, in F2 you're right they can pit if they want to the pit lane can be open but beneficially you probably don't want to so it will be very interesting regardless how so you, now what? oh,
2: oh how yeah no it not matter eh it doesn't matter
0: alright um, let's talk about our predictions then we'll start with a Friday just, qualifying oh Ruth's just really information.
1: quickly just Ruth's really quickly <laughs> just to clarify with the tyres. Mm-hmm. In Friday's first practice, each driver can only use two sets of tyres. Okay. While the Friday quali- qualifying session will provide drivers with five tough, soft tyre sets, the team will use these options for tyres for the remainder of the weekend. So one set of tyres for Saturday's practice session, one set for sprint race, two remaining sets for Grand Prix.
0: So there'll be fresh tyres for the race? Yeah. Okay.
1: That's that's just a clarification that Braun... Put. Okay. about
0: it well thank you Mr Ross Braun documentary on that coming next week keep subscribed um, let's talk finally then let's get to the predictions Saturday predictions Friday predictions I should say qualified predictions what do we think Reese, who is your top three you've had a bit longer to think about it now
2: I don't know because you just want to play it safe don't you, you want to say like Lewis, Max and uh, Perez okay but, I mean it's weird right because it's the quality for the sprint race so are people going to go all out for that or are they going to try and save the car for them to do the st- sprint race you know what i mean
0: mm. yeah it's I don't, it's it's I honestly gonna be don't know. really I couldn't interesting tell,
2: i really couldn't tell you i don't know I, I really don't know
0: it's so off the books it's so not what we're used to that it is hard to put predictions in because you yeah. don't know sort of what the tactics will be you don't know what the you know, what the teams will do. It might what, be that Mercedes decide, actually, we don't even want to qualify. We'll start from the back in the sprint yeah, race. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
2: what, what if... Uh, like, what if Russell's on softs, but then everyone else is on hards? Yeah. Russell finishes first in the sprint race.
0: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, what, what if you had to give a top three, what would you give me, Ruth?
2: I don't want to.
1: See, okay.
0: Ruth, <laughs> what are you giving me?
1: If I was a team... That hasn't done that successfully I would go all out okay. And if I was a top team That has been successful I would play it safe So that I Know nothing is going to happen To the car that's going to prevent me From Taking part In the race Okay. So based on that <laughs> I'm going to say Brace yourself P1
0: okay
1: p2 i'm going to say gasly
0: oh
1: i'm gonna say norris
0: ah nice um, see this is what i'm thinking i think a team like AlfaTari could benefit quite a lot from this system
1: they have a lot of pace both the drivers are really strong yeah if i was them they have nothing to lose by trying to go all out for the sprint race. Yeah.
2: I think we're going to see some durability issues this weekend mm. because the cars obviously won't yeah. have been pushed that much. Like, <clears throat> because you're asking them to add another quarter onto a race and that's after doing two practice sessions, that's after doing a, a, a tough qualifying session as well. Then you do a sprint race, which is a, a, like a third of an actual race. I can see there being some durability, durability issues in
0: the, uh, in, in the yeah. Grand Prix. I don't think you're
1: Ast- wrong. and aren't taking part in one of the qualifying sessions the purely sessions. for that reason yeah. because they're worried about the durability of their car.
0: Yeah, they've, they asked, on um, my staff now, came out saying that they asked mine considering not taking part in either FP1 or FP2 because they don't think their clutch will be able to go the distance of the entire weekend um, without failing. So
2: that's, that's that's one of the issues. That's that's one of the issues. Are, you know, are, I think, they, are they going to get like if this comes into play? Will the teams get more uh, freedom to swap around car parts?
0: This is going to be this is going to be the interesting thing about because it's the first one this weekend. This is a test. This whole weekend is going to be a complete test of how does this work? Because if it's an absolute failure, which it might be, then don't say that. <laughs> if it is, then they can say, "Why well, it didn't work? We'll we'll scrap it off." But if it's really good really exciting and really interesting you know we could see this permanently coming in
2: I think it's going to be the latter like don't I get me wrong so. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be short of excitement
0: Well I hope so because the tickets aren't cheap so you know we want our money's worth <laughs>
2: Yeah
0: um, Are we going to put a full prediction in then should we, just go, should we just do our race predictions because we don't know how qualifying and all Cause... that's going to go let's just talk about the race because the race on the Sunday should be status quo should be pretty normal uh, Ruth what is your prediction for the final race podium?
1: I'll say Verstappen, Norris, Bottas. If, if
2: Norris comes second, I'm going to be throwing limbs around Silverstone. <laughs> if, if Norris comes
1: <laughs> I feel second... Like, I feel like now he's got a taste for it. He's going to want to push for that every he's single close. time. He's I'm close. Gonna, I'm gonna, not I'm that do he hasn't been... Fight. Not that he hasn't been pushing for it, I should say. I just mean because he... Knows that he has the pace. He knows he's got the car. He yeah. knows he's got the driving experience to be able to pull it off. If I was him, I would, I would, I would push as hard as I could this weekend. So I, I guarantee that's what he'll do. I feel like a P2 could be on the cards if for a P2, him. I'm,
2: I'm, it. I'm smirking to myself because if a P2 happens, I'm just picturing limbs going absolutely <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If a P two happens, we might need to book another night at the campsite because I think Reese will uh, will need another night.
2: Oh yes, I hundred percent will. Get Doris yeah. on the phone. We need another night, love.
0: Definitely, it will be it will be an interesting weekend to say the least. Reese, what's your podium?
2: It's the British Grand Prix. Thus far, I'm going to go for Lewis Hamilton in first. Okay. Uh, I'll go for Lando Norris in second and George Russell in third.
0: If that happened. And and it and it comes <laughs> home. If it came home this weekend and that was the podium next weekend, my God, I would go full Brexit mode. I'd dress up in a Union Jack and I would just lose my mind.
1: <laughs>
0: Can you imagine um,
2: the look on Russell's face as he stood on that third step on the podium? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Jensen Burns there to do the interviews God, as well
2: God save the Queen goes blasting out
0: <laughs> I wouldn't I don't think it, it could ever be ever be more patriotic than two weekends like that that would be insanity um, but I'm going to bring this back down to earth a bit because it's not going to happen um, I think it's going to be a Verstappen win I think it's going to be a Hamilton second and I think it's going to be do you know what I'm going Norris third I want Norris on the podium I'll... I think he can do it again
2: I think that, in, in all seriousness, I think that George Russell will definitely get top 10. Um, I hope and so. I, I also think that after the race, Lewis, uh, Lewis Hamilton is going to thank the fans and say it's so nice for them to be back. But then he'll say,
0: but I don't know how I feel about you all being here because it's COVID.
2: Uh, stay safe, guys. Stay safe. Wear <laughs> <put> your masks.
0: <laughs> um... Well then, hopefully it will be a good one because, like I say, the tickets aren't cheap so we'll want our money's worth and we cannot this wait is, to get my, there.
2: This is my birthday present from my family until I turn 40.
0: There you go. You know, Reese has given up birthdays till 40. i given for up birthdays oh. till 40. Ruth, you think your headphones have come unplugged?
1: Sorry, my headphones came unplugged like <laughs> Right at
0: the end. Uh, but anyway, yes. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow us all individually on Twitter, like I say. We're going to be very and active. We're going to be very active and also follow the uh, Rearview as a whole uh, on there also, as well, the Rearview pod.
2: If you want to donate uh, money to us, please do. If we get <laughs> if we get over £10, I will try and throw an egg at Damon Hill.
0: There you um,
2: go. So try, uh, no, Damon Hill. I don't mind Damon Hill. It's the other one. What's the other one's name?
0: Uh, Johnny Herbert.
2: Johnny Herbert. I will egg Johnny Herbert if we... I mean, I feel like this is just going to break us from getting any more guests on, isn't it? Really?
0: Well, there you go then. Uh, undoubtedly, there will be lots of stuff posted, and I do hope it will be a. I've just punched my mic right at the end. I do hope it will be a great weekend. It's falling apart. Everything's we going could wrong. We even vlog.
2: Why um, don't we vlog for a YouTube channel? Eh? We're not going to vlog. Let's do vlog.
0: Until then, though, I've been Tom. I've been go- Tom. <laughs>
1: oh sorry i forgot it was me that comes next because i've got been here <laughs> okay go again i've got it this time i've got it i've been tom i've been rey
0: i've been reese and we got all our names right thank you very much and we'll see you next time bye-bye reese baby your camera reese reese baby your camera